Hi, and welcome, everybody. This is Better. I am Dr. John Duffy, and with me, as always, the beautiful, wisdom-laden Julie Duffy. Wisdom-laden. Hi. <laughs> oh my God. It does have kind of a later hosen sound. <laughs> wisdom-laden later hosen. Wisdom-later hosen. Oh uh, <laughs> so we are on the back end of a holiday weekend. Sun-kissed. You got some sun. I got some sun. You got some sun. Yeah. Yeah. We were out on the lake. We were out on the lake. We were up in Wisconsin at our friend Chad and Tiff's. We've talked about them many times. It, it was really fun being up there. Uh, and we were just talking about the moments where you just feel that relaxation, that, that stress relief. And uh, you brought up one of the best ones where you, when you walk into their house. Yeah. What do you see? Oh, yeah, you get there and, I mean, you, you, you catch a glimpse of the lake, you know, as you're, as you're pulling up. But I love walking in and they have all windows facing the lake and just walking in to their beautiful house and then seeing that beautiful view seeing the lake through the windows and, you know, you kind of like, <sighs> you know, instantly relax. Yeah, it's true, right? right? So we were talking about like kind of the highlights and um, yeah, that's like my first favorite thing is just getting there, right? Getting there, getting the stuff out of the car. And well, and sometimes like on, on a drive, if we're, if we're driving on vacation, once we so we live in in, in an urban area here and around Chicago, and once once I'm surrounded by trees, I'm just thinking about this now. Yeah. Once I'm surrounded by trees, I can breathe. Like I can, I feel like I'm away. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So if there's trees on both sides and the occasional river or something like that, that makes me relax. That makes me feel like okay, I, I'm away, and this is going to be fun. Yeah. And. Um, and this time we played, one thing we don't always do when we go up there, but this time we did, and we, one other time we did, we played a lot of music, mm. and so we were singing really loud. I don't know if we sang well, but we did sing every word to Hotel California. <laughs> yes, we were totally jamming last night in the kitchen while we were cooking. Um, we were dancing by the grill. Yeah, yeah we, so we were dancing we, by we, the grill. We were, Playing a lot of music, and we'd have so it was Chad, Tiffany, John, and I, and their kids, Grace and Everett, and we were taking turns picking songs on the boat, right? On uh, making a playlist, so that was super fun. Um, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of music, and then Tiffany was putting together a playlist so we can remember the weekend, which yeah. is really cool. And you and I were singing Steve Earle songs out on that mat on the water. Oh yeah, <laughs> very <Yeah>. poorly. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I, Maybe it was beautiful. I, I don't think know. The, the, really the, loud, the, the, though. That Elijah's Church song. Oh, yeah. I think we killed that, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So there's that. There's the music part. For me, once I'm, once I'm in the water, I'm like a five-year-old, I feel yeah. like. I feel like I regress, and I'm playing, and it's fun, and it's ridiculous. And they have this, like, I don't know if you guys have seen this thing, but it's like maybe it's 18, 20 feet long. It's this mat that, that sits out on the water, and you can stand on it, you can lay down on it, you can jump around on it, you can flip people off of it. It's stupid fun. I yeah. mean, it is really ridiculously fun, and you can drag it behind a boat a little bit. And this is a lake that, unlike a lot well, of no, lakes... Well, you, no, you're not supposed to drag it. Right, right. I'm, we, I'm pointing we, out that this is not a very populous lake, and so you can get away with some things you well, might not otherwise. So we tried... Well, so Tiff was... This lake has many different depths and in the shallow places there's a lot of grass and seaweed they actually mow this lake remember they, they, have, yeah. they have the mowers that go through yeah so we always try to find the deep water or go to the sandbar so because when we jump off we don't want it 
any of the stuff touching us. <laughs> Very particular. So we really had, you we wanted to feel like you're inside when you're outside. We had difficulty <laughs> difficulty yesterday finding the perfect spot. So at one point we tried to move while we already had the mat out behind the boat and the rope snapped. So your point is be gonna, careful, kids. It's not to be dragged because behind the boat. This is not. This, this is, is not. not yeah. Something, a practice you should initiate. <laughs> and don't drag it behind the car either, by the way, because we ran into a bad situation there. No, I'm kidding. That didn't happen. No, it was good. So here's a weird thing I'm run it, running into right now in my mind. What? Two of my most relaxing moments <laughs> have one noteworthy component to them. What? One of them is that I went for an extensive run in 93-degree weather. Oh, yeah. um, because I'm, I'm engaged in a workout program with my 22-year-old son, George, and I refused to fall behind, so I pushed myself to run when it was very hot. And for some reason, that doesn't bother me like, like it bothers some people, so I went further than I normally would. Yeah. And it's hot, and it's pretty miserable, and it's hilly kind of. I love that. Just There's something about being alone and only hearing my breath that I really like, and then when everybody else is asleep and I'm awake and I'm reading, I love that. And I'm realizing that that Uh-oh. is... <laughs> John's favorite moments was... are just with me. Yeah. Uh, th- those were my favorite moments. Own, but they were not your least favorite They were moments. not. <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty good. They were, I, there's something about, you know, that they're quiet and everybody, there's not a lot of, you know, Listen, yammering and whatnot. In, in fairness... Um, John hears people, people talk to John, um, a lot, not just at work people. I, I, I think, yes. Yeah. Well, so your, 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 a lot of your work time is people talking to you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I get that. I was saying that, um, one of my favorite things up there right. is happy hour. Right, like right. I love going out on the water and playing and having a blast and getting a little sun and then coming home, coming back, showering, and then going back out, sitting on their patio, looking at the lake and having a little a glass of rosé. What is happy hour like for you? What do you like so much about it? Well, they have a lot of, have made a lot of friends up there. And Doug... Um, always comes over at happy hour for a drink. It's super fun. It's like um, a scene in a sitcom where, you know, like the neighbor, D- Doug is the neighbor who shows up and yeah. he shows up and he'll be right. D- Doug's an interesting dude because he has 500 different kinds of vehicles. So, so people, <laughs> he, he has a pole barn, if you know what that is. So he basically has 3 billion acres of real estate in places all around Wisconsin. So he has like <laughs> four-wheel maneuver things. He's got two-wheel things. He's got motorcycles. He's got mopeds. So Doug will show up on a different... I've never seen him on a the same cart. vehicle twice. I've seen cart. him 200 yeah. times. So so this weekend... He might um, have a car. I haven't seen it. He for sure has cars. This weekend, we were sitting... Saturday night, we were sitting out on the dock, and he pulled up in his pontoon with his two daughters, Jess and Jen, and they had... Um, Grape, vodka grapefruits and rosé on the boat. Are, are so you we, outing them for drinking and driving? No, is that, we, their last name there was, is <laughs> there was Jones. A, there was a designated driver. Of and, course. And they, anyway, we had drinks um, on the dock and on the boat. And actually, a storm kind of blew up. So it was a little, it was kind of like, um, uh, what's that movie? Perfect Storm. Perfect Storm. <laughs> <laughs> what's the movie but, about the perfect the storm? The rosé didn't spill. And then uh, Sunday night, last night, they pulled up 
we were sitting outside for actually kind of a, a late happy hour, and they pulled up on their a bunch on their scooters on their motor scooters. Yeah, with the wine in tow, and uh, had a drink with us. Then it was <laughs> super fun. So right, so so you actually demarcate time on vacation like that, where you think in terms of happy hour. Yeah, it's my favorite time, and if something. Like I was kind of stressing because we, we back we got back kind of late. Everyone had showers, and then there was still some prep to do for dinner. So I had to negotiate with Tiff, like, okay, let's go out, please. We have to sit down and just look at the lake and have a glass of wine before we start the prep. I said, but I don't want you to be stressed out because I know you like to cook and prep, and I don't, and maybe you can't relax, <laughs> right? Unless the marinade is made for the shrimp. But anyway, um, so it all worked out. We yeah. sat out actually for a long time, and then it ended up doing all the cooking together, playing music really loud. <laughs> right. And I had to, I read the recipe out loud so Tiffany could get the ingredients together and then mix them properly. And uh, so it was a collaborative. Yeah. So we were talking about, we were talking about this on the way home. And it's interesting um, because that's my very fave, fave, fave thing. One of my fave things about going up there. And, um, and we were talking about the fact that John doesn't drink. Yeah, so one fundamental difference between yeah. Julie and I and myself and other adults <laughs> <laughs> is I don't drink. And it's, um, it's a novelty enough to where um, one of George's buddies, so at the first frat party I ever went to in my life was about two years ago. And one of George's buddies was so perplexed by ago. this, three years ago, was so perplexed by this that over... The course of a couple hours of the party, he would come and he would kind of like throw his arms over both my shoulders and he would say, Mr. Duffy, not a beer? You've never had a beer? I'm like, no, no, Blake, I've never had a beer. And then he's like, okay. And then he leaves and comes back about half an hour later, a shot of just Jameson. You've right. had that, right? You know? Well, the thing about you is John is, if you don't know John, he's super fun. Super fun. Like, so you have this fun energy. So no one would ever know. It's not like you're the dumb dud in the corner. It's not, no one would ever know that you're not on the same level, whatever that means, as everybody else. You know, everyone's like getting loose, having a couple of drinks, getting loose, you know, do, dancing, singing. That is you. And, and that is why it's worked for us because you're super fun um, without it. <laughs> Well, here, here's the thing. If, for those, not that you have, not that you have to drink to be fun, but no, I mean, no, no. you know what I'm saying. Right. For those teetotalers, you all know there, for I'm those saying. of us who do not drink, you'll, you'll agree with me on this. I just happened to Pepsi. If, if, you are, if you are around people who, who are drinking, um, you have permission, as the night goes on, for example, to act a little looser than you might ordinarily in a sober state. And, and that can be, to a point, that can be really... Fun. So you, you know, like you might say something you wouldn't ordinarily say. You might do a dance you wouldn't ordinarily do. Um, and so you can act as if you've been drinking, That's, even though you have not been drinking. All right, I've so, actually never, I've yeah. never thought about it that way. Right. It's kind of interesting. And 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 it's fascinating to be to watch the cadence and the nuance of a party, for example. Like uh, one of our friends, uh, two of our friends, throw a Christmas party every year, and it's a big party. And you can feel like the kind of the awkward rigidity early on. And then as the alcohol starts to flow a little bit, you do feel things get 
way looser. And then and then things kind of sometimes, you know, you, you, you cross the yeah, line of it demarcation goes, goes south. It goes where south. it gets a little spitty yeah. on occasion, even a little gassy. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and, and when you're sober, you're like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm not going to survive this. Yeah, you know, I got to get away. John's suffered a lot of close talking, people spitting on him with beer breath. Yeah. And um, you're so charming and generous about it. Uh, I we had kind of a funny experience. Um, you would have thought I had a little more insight, but I realized I did not. About probably eight years ago, so we'd been married for like twenty years. Right. <laughs> Friends of ours donated this uh, wine tasting and party in a vineyard to a fundraiser, and they invited us to come along and help with with the with the event. Basically, they wanted play to play some music. Us. Yeah, play some play yeah. the guitar at the campfire. So. The group of people that bought the the event, um, bid on it and won it, um, they took a trolley up. So they partied all the way up. For a couple hours from Chicago to Michigan. So we met, And we drove separately and met them there. So we walk into this room where they're tasting wine. <laughs> and they've like, been drinking for it's hours. It's like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And they're all you know greeting us in their gregarious, buzzed way and, um, you know, Saying all the things you say, <laughs> you're bust. And anyway, you know, John, I don't know, you said something like, oh, I'm a psychologist, and oh, I took um, psychology in college, blah, 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 blah. I don't know, some kind of. Are you analyzing me right yeah, now? Yeah, some kind of dumb joke. And I, I realized in that moment, oh my gosh, this is, this is what you're. Your life is like. This is what every a lot of the time. Weekend has been and like I couldn't really, like, I was having a hard time, like, laughing at the bad jokes and kind of playing along. I mean, it was a very, it was a momentary thing, but I was like, wow, this is what, this is what you go through all the time. Right. Um, right. And I remember one time you, you saying, you know, and it stuck with me a lot of times in conversations, not a lot is really said. <laughs> He's like, you said, sometimes people are talking about the beer they drank the night before while they're drinking a beer. <laughs> Remember last night when we were having the same kind of beer? That was so funny. Oh, my God. Give me a hug, man. What are you, crazy? Yeah, so, All the way over there? I'm going to get really close to you. So we've talked about this um, a lot lately. Our Well, I mean, our whole marriage, you know, we've kind of talked about it. Well, I've always thought about making, since I, since I started sitting behind a mic, I always thought, I'm going to make a podcast about this. And maybe I should have my first drink during a podcast, right. you know? Um, that, that. Fantasy has played in my mind, although... Wait, so, so to clarify, you have never had a drink. So it's not like John had difficulty with it and quit drinking. No. He's never had a drink. Right, so go correct, on. You, correct. So, you, um, so, so because, people have asked me, why? You know, why have you never had a drink? So when I was a kid... Um, okay, so, so big picture story. Um, my father took his last drink on August 19, 1961. And um, before that, in the months before that, his life was in turmoil. His uh, bosses at International Salt Company sat him down and said, Walt, we love you here, but you've got a drinking problem and you've got to get that straight um, and then you, you, you will be able to keep your job. And so my dad, after a couple of fits and starts, um, finally declares sobriety on August 19, 1961. Three years later, to the day, I am born. Yeah. So I'm born on my dad's three-year AA anniversary, which I never got when I was a little kid that that was a special thing. 
um, because on my birthday, I got a cake and my dad got a cake. And yeah. I was always like, I'm like, well, wait a minute. On Mike's <laughs> birthday, dad doesn't get a cake. What's Why am I sharing my birthday with dad? You know, and it turns out dad deserved it way more than I did. I didn't do anything and he did something, you know. And so my dad sat me down and he said, listen, I think my dad was an alcoholic. Um, I'm not sure his dad wasn't an alcoholic. I'm an alcoholic. I don't, you know. He effectively said, which parents out there, I don't recommend this line because not everybody will tow it like I did. But he said, do whatever else you want, but don't do this. Don't, <laughs> don't drink. Don't drink yeah. You know, like, and so. And you listened, which is kind of shocking, actually, that you. Well, it, it had some weird early benefits. Like, you know, so um, when you are 20 and you're on a college campus full of people who drink, um, you're you're noteworthy for the fact that you don't drink. Right. Sometimes the opposite sex thinks that's an interesting thing as well. (laughs) (laughs) Go on. And that was noteworthy as well. Okay. um, But I was also the guy who would get the call from my buddy Corey at 2.30 in the morning saying, we're drunk and we need tacos and you're the only guy who's still on campus and we need you to drive us to the taco place. Let's go. And so I... I went every single time <laughs> because I always enjoyed I, I, I enjoyed that. And I don't – most people drink, and I don't judge people who drink. Um, no, you really don't. I, I don't. I don't have um, a, a problem with it. I always wonder whether I would have a problem with it. Like, you know, now it's been this novelty my whole life. It's been this kind of point of interest, you know what I mean, because, um, because it's unusual, because it's so unusual. And, um, and I think – it's inspired some of the people I've worked with, some of George's buddies, to hold off drinking maybe yep. beyond, you know, 16 and 18 to yep. something closer to the legal age, you know, which um, I'm happy with. I'm really glad that went that way. I will say this. I remember when George started, he told me one night, you know, like, hey, last night I had a shot in a beer. Or the other night, you know. Um, it was a prom. Yeah. Well, I wasn't going to out him and say, you know, but it was. And I didn't know that this was a concern of mine because of what my dad had said to me when I was a kid. But I realized in that moment that that was something I was always afraid of is is George going to be okay? Right. And I remember being like, so here my kid is telling me, hey, I had a shot in a beer the other night. And I was like, looking at, staring at him in the car. And I was like, you're okay. You're still. I was relieved. I I mean, deeply relieved. I was, I was proud of him for telling me and letting me know and you know and he was moderate and they were smart and they had designated drivers and all that but mostly I was like oh my god you're gonna be fine and you're gonna be able to do this and so George like George and Julie and I'll go to a baseball game you guys will have a couple of beers yeah you know and he likes a good craft beer and so even my kid is drinking and I'm not drinking and so I every once in a while it crosses my mind like ooh, that moment of ah like we were talking about like would would a beer or a glass of wine do that for me yeah, we have talked about this lately. Um, is you know, it seems like you have proven with you know in your life that you you don't have an addictive personality. You don't. I have a um, mild boot problem. <laughs> you like to buy lots of boots. I do like to buy boots, um, so, so that's maybe, hard maybe, to read. Whoa, red flag! <laughs> <laughs> I find that I wish that for you sometimes that you could just have a glass of wine or, you know, a Mai Tai or whatever, and just feel that, you know, that 
Do you wish that for you too? Like, do you ever think like, I want to be with my husband and have a glass of wine with him or, or have a glass of champagne or a beer? Um, I, again, you never, I never think about it with you. It, it never, I don't, nothing's missing as far as that goes with me. Um, because you are so, I don't know, you're, you are, you're so good about it. You're so fun about it. It's not. Um, there's no deficit for me. And I always have a designated driver, (laughs) um, you know, and, and, but I do think it'd be fun to, you know, share a glass of wine, share a bottle of wine or whatever. Um, and, and I, it really honestly is about, I wish you could have that feeling that, that, um, yeah, that feeling of relaxation that you get with a with a glass of wine, with a drink, whatever. And and I have to say there are things, you know, this probably isn't good. There are things, there are events, there are occasions that if there wasn't a glass of wine available, <laughs> <laughs> I think I would opt out. <laughs> I think a, a lot of people if they're being honest yeah. would agree with that, yeah. right? So a get together for me, you know, certain get togethers or a wedding, you know, like if you go to a wedding, I'm trying, I feel like I've been to one where there was, um, there was no alcohol, <laughs> not a good surprise, <laughs> just being honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so, uh, and I feel like you've said lately, there's been times where you've thought, you know, gosh, I kind of want to have that feeling too. Right. right? Here's the truth though. Honestly, if I'm being, you know, it's probably not going to happen. You know, I I have threatened that you, that, you know, I'm going to be like the 73 year old, you know, at the block party doing a cake stand, you know, like, um, because I, because then I'm like, well, even if it's like, if I go all the way off the rails and it's a complete mess, I'm already an old guy, you know, who's, who cares, you know? Um, there's a couple of problems with it though. One is, um, it turns out alcohol is a deeply acquired taste. So I'll taste something. And like, so this past weekend, I tasted a uh, grapefruit something. Vodka grapefruit? Uh, uh, vodka tonic. Um, I think I tasted somebody's a gin and tonic. Beer. A gin, well, okay, see, gin and tonic. <laughs> um, all, all of it tastes just so bad, so bad to me, like, like medicinal, yeah. like, like, like the backwash from an IV or something. I feel like I'm on an ER or something like, you know, I should be dipping swabs in it, but it doesn't taste good to me. So I haven't acquired the taste. So there's nothing I crave except every once in a while there's something fruity, like a right. Mai Tai-ish. I think like you like, of, yeah, like boat drinks, like yeah. rum and uh, like, yeah, rum and something. When right, we're right, right. in the Bahamas or something, then you that tastes good to you. So yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, yeah. Well, it's interesting to find your lane with alcohol when you think when you're when you're kind of in a position where where my father put me in, where you're forced to think about it, because for him, his life when he got into AA and he was in AA the rest of his life, everything aligned for him. He liked the culture of it. Um, he, he was a hero. He, he was, was a, a hero life to many saving people. middle of the night AA hero yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah, he was going to stay with somebody until they they were certain they were clear from that threatening drink that was looming out there for them. And um, the Big Blue Alcoholics Anonymous book, my dad meditated on that book 365 days a year. 
for the last 37 years of his life. And that worked for him. He loved that. It gave him, it gave him, being sober gave your dad amazing friends, friendships, purpose. Yeah, it was a mission. I mean, it was, it was kind of the main thing in his life. It was, it was religion for my dad. Honestly, you know, it was, it was, it was, um, because before he didn't really have a life before he, when he was drinking and he really felt like he had a life when he was sober and he was, and it's so crazy because the parties at the Duffy house had cigarettes and coffee. <laughs> you yeah, know what? My right. dad, my dad would host AA meetings. And so we get like 40 people, um, in our basement and like the whole house would fill up with smoke and the smell and he'd, he'd make these giant urns of coffee. So, you know, I guess if you're not drinking, you're doing, you're going to do something. You're going to ingest. I'm surprised your mom put up with that. Was that like, like always? Oh, or- it happened all the time. Yeah. Oh. Frequently. It probably happened once a month that we had to host a meeting and, you know, and so, and, um, everyone would come in and they would just say their first names, even though I'm like, hi. Hi, Mr. Murphy. You know, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> I know you, oh, but right. you're like, I, oh, yeah. but he Alcoholics was Jim walking anonymous. in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, yeah. So, so that was part of the culture growing up to the point where, you know, like my mom would have a martini um, at night, but that was like locked away somewhere. But when my older brother would have friends over, they'd be like, you know, oh, there's a couple of beers down in the Duffy's like basement refrigerator, but don't touch them. They're from the 70s. Right. Like they're, they're, right. they're rusty. They're like, they have the weird tab that comes all the way off. You know, oh, like yeah. you can't drink those. There's something bad about them because nobody's had a beer in that house in 25 years. Um, so here, here's an, an interesting thing about the AA thing and the, and the blue book and, and sobriety. I've worked with a lot of people who, I'm working with a couple of people now who aren't certain they're even addicts. But the so, a, a sober life somehow provides this structure that works for them, right? And and that meditative element that works for them, and um, clarity of thought, where it's like, God, I don't know, you know, diagnostically whether I meet all the criteria for addiction, but sobriety feels better to me. It, it feels like a good way to live my life, and so which I totally get. Yeah, and some people really commit to that, and I work with some people who commit to it for a lifetime. And I'm working with one young woman who, to the letter of the AA law, is committing to it one day at a time. You yeah. know, like today, I'm not going to drink because it feels better to me not to drink today. And then she has all these other elements of her life come together. So, you know, I, I guess one thought I have is, you know, like I probably more than most people have considered the role of alcohol in my life. And I think a lot of people, it's just kind of like something that, falls into your life and and it falls true. In for gently like kind of like you know ah, right but when if it doesn't fall gently and it's something to consider I can tell you with some degree of authority that if you're forced into a life that is sober that's okay you know like you can live a very happy life so I'm, I'm a pretty happy person I'd say on the whole yeah and um and I've never had a drink and in all likelihood if we're, we're placing bets the podcast where I drink not going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, I, I told George and Jack and Grace, who all turned 21 about the same time, I said, hey, if you guys wanted me to, if you guys said the word, dad, Uncle John, have a beer with me, I'd be there in a heartbeat. Right. I, and I think I would have. Yeah. And they're like, nope. And I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they, didn't, they don't want that on them. Right. I'm of sure. Um, but, you know, like. They don't so, care. So, so, so that, that, that's one point is like if you feel like. 
Because alcohol is a thing I think a lot of people just don't think about because it's such, it's so ingrained in the fiber of our world. I, I've pointed out to you before, my office, which is right across the hall, happens to look over a pizza place across the street that has a bar in it. Yeah. And so every once in a while, I'll get a stoner kid in my in my office talking about, you know, like, um, he's like, you, you know, weed, I think, might be a safer drug than alcohol. And alcohol is undeniably a drug. And yet, and we he stands up. One kid did stand up. He goes to the window. He goes, look down there. There are people doing drugs in that bar right there. That's true. In the open. Yeah. And, you know, and I can't do that with my drug of choice, you know, right. which is kind of an interesting is, phenomenon. Right. Yeah. It's kind of a... A bizarre line. Yeah. Because, yeah, it you're probably safer. I, you know, um, you probably can't smoke so much that you, uh, I don't know, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm out of my lane here, but. Um, that you that you die? <laughs> right, That's right. That's probably more, right. that, that is undoubtedly true. Um, there are, I don't know, if there are one or two, you know, Direct marijuana related deaths. That that's that's the number. Whereas yeah, so you know, alcohol, like you always say, alcohol is lethal. Cirrhosis is a you yeah. know a real thing, right? Or um, well, or, or poisoning, like poisoning, in, in an event. Right? Yeah. So yeah, so yeah, we were just talking about it. It's it's kind of interesting, and and yes, there it can get you into a lot of trouble. And you blessedly have never had a hangover, <laughs> right? Well, in the end, you know, like one one thing I will remind everyone of who. You know, who comes in my office saying, you know, oh, my God, I felt so bad the next day. The drug itself is a depressant. So right. it has this it has this high in the short run. And over time, you you will have this moment that doesn't feel good. The hangover is effectively this this time limited depressive episode with a headache, you know, like that, that's yep, that's true, too. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fact, right? You know, like it, you, most people, if they've over served themselves, um, they feel down the next day for at least part of that day. Yeah, it can. It, it, that's true. It can. It can steal a good part of the following day. Yeah, which is like that's too much. Well, I, I do think that that a lot of the young people I work with who you know end up binging sometimes. You know that that we talk a lot about. You know, like is that a price worth paying? And to their credit, in all fairness, I worked with a lot of people in their late teens, early twenties who have said no, it's not worth it, and who. Um, drink really moderately. Uh, I, I feel I, I want to tell one quick story yeah. here because I'm remembering this one guy. I, I worked with this guy years ago who was absolutely an alcoholic. He drank too much. He drank every night. He would go to this bar in the city that you, Julie, have heard of. I, I'm, I'm afraid to say the name in case he still okay, does. Right, okay. So, and he would drink a lot, Guinness, like a lot. And he was relatively thin for a guy who drank a lot because he was a runner. And, um, and so like Kelly Kitley, who right. I interviewed on the previous podcast, <laughs> um, who justified she said, I, I must uh, for be fine. years yeah. before she was sober, you know, like, I must be fine because I'm a, I'm a therapist and I have a mom and I'm a runner. This guy justified it because he was a professional and he was a runner. And he said, I want to drink every night. And so the deal he came in and cut me one day, as if I was in any position to cut a deal, mm -hmm. is he said, here's what I'll do. For every pint I drink, I will drink a pint of water. And I'm like, Okay, that seems like something that's not going to work, and I, I'm a little over my skis because I am not a certified alcohol and drug counselor, but sounds better than what you're doing, yeah. so give it a yeah. shot. And um, within a couple weeks, the guy comes in and he goes, you know what the killer is? <laughs> you can't drink that much water. <laughs> oh, that's right. So he's right. like, I, I drink like a quarter of what I used to drink. I can only drink a couple of beers because 
I got to drink all this water and I can drink way more beer than water, which to me is mind blowing. But most people who drink a lot yeah. would agree. Yep. You know, so um, and he says his uh, his next day, the the pain is limited because he's hydrated to a, to an extent. Um, so it worked. It worked. Well, he, yeah, he drank a lot less by and, and it, it, in a way it was just self-regulation. Yeah, it was it was forced self-regulation and. He was perfectly happy because he realized, I like being here. I like the atmosphere. It's fun. Uh, but it was way more fun when he was drinking less, he would argue. That's, a great, that's actually a, a great strategy. Mm-hmm. If one needs one, you know, just, yeah. Yeah. Have a drink, then have some water. Yeah. And if, and if it's a big problem in your life. Well, because you can just, even in the course of just a social, you know, like you were saying, things kind of get elevated and the music starts. And, you know, you just, like, you, you, you can drink more than you think. Without realizing it. So if you are consciously drinking water in between, it's going to be a lot less dicey. Oh, yeah. I've worked with way too many people who have no idea how much they drink. You know what I mean? Like, like So many times I've asked people, well, if you think this might be a problem, next time you go out, count. And invariably, the number is like several drinks higher than they thought. Because well, it's like, well I, well, I wasn't counting shots, you right. know, like, or, or, you know, seriously, yeah. like, you know. Well, like, remember, so, it, um, yeah, we went to one of George's fraternity parties and they had, um, you know, they had different kinds of drinks, but we've noticed there was no water anywhere. Right. <laughs> and so we said, you know, buy some waters. So, yeah. like, if someone is thirsty, they won't just, you know stumble over and grab another beer or stumble over and grab a shot because there's not, no, there's no options. So yeah, right. Right. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's really, so, so we just, I think we're kind of fascinated with and want to just reflect for a few minutes on the social phenomenon that hopefully social phenomenon that is alcohol. Um, right. Because by and large, it works really well. Like we spent a weekend with people who were drinking every day, a little, but everyone was pretty moderate about yeah, it. And it yeah. was fun. Right. Yeah. Um, but we can also reflect on times where, and most everybody can say like they've gotten together with family, right. And things like if there's too much alcohol involved, there's some tipping point where things ignite, right. And all of a sudden tensions get run high and people say things they regret and it gets messy. Right. And so it it can can be very emotionally better (laughs) and it can make things a lot worse. Well, I think that's part, part is the idea that it can make things better and to acknowledge that like. That it's not just this vice. It's not just this horrible thing. Like, you know, I think that's an important thing that we want to say. Well, it can be celebratory and lovely and fun and delish. Or, yeah, yeah. Or it can be (laughs) (laughs) soul-crushing. And lethal. And and lethal. So, you know, pick your poison. Uh, So so I, I guess be consciously aware of it, you know, like for a moment. You know what I mean? Like consider how the role it plays in your life, the role it plays in the lives of people you love, because in my family, it's been fine at times and wildly destructive at times. And, um, and so it's, uh, I think a moment of consideration is not a bad thing. So maybe the prompt is like, hydrate, just hydrate. (laughs) And and maybe if you feel like this might be a problem in my life, pay a little bit of attention to it. Right. You know, and maybe cut back. And, And if you need to, you know, Sobriety is not the end of the world either, you know? Yeah. It looks good on you. I might. (laughs) Well, I'll take that. Well, that's a good finishing line. (laughs) This is better, guys. Um, I'm John Duffy. This is Julie Duffy. Honey, 
because we're pl- we're in a bunch of different places, would you mind telling people where they can find us? Because there's a new place that's oh, pretty yeah. exciting, right? So uh, Podbean. Yep. Um, iTunes. I've never heard of iTunes. DrJohnDuffy.com, WGN Plus, and on the Pear app. And check out that Pear app, guys. That's that's a, a, an app for parents, for parents, by parents. I'm a contributor there. My friends Bill and Juliana Rancic put it together. It's a beautiful app. Um, download it. Check it out if you're a parent or expecting. Uh, and you, and, and just dive into it. Dive into it because it's really fun. This is better. Honey, I love you. I'll talk love to you, you next time. Yeah. All right. Yep. All right. Bye, guys.